when Adam and Eve were created, they were given everything in the paradise of Eden. And they were only given one commandment. There wasn't the Ten Commandments. There was no commandment except one commandment. And there was the commandment not to touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God said, and if you do, you'll die. If you don't touch that tree of God, the knowledge of good and evil, you'll just never die. You'll just be immortal. You'll be immortal. You'll never die. But if you touch it, you will die. And then, of course, they touched it. They, they went further than that. They ate the fruit of it. <clears throat> Their eyes were opened, and, and they fell. They fell. Then they knew they were naked, and all the, all the rest ensued. Well, God is a promise keeper, and so God said, Well, I told you you would die, so you're going to die. The thing is, is they didn't die right away, but they thought they would die right, right away. They just assumed that they would die right away. But God didn't say that. He said, You'll die. God kept them around for many hundreds of years, walking the earth and having children, etc., before, before God finally had them die. Okay. Imagine what it would be like to be Adam and Eve. A, you're responsible for the fall. So all of your your children have original sin because of you. All of your children commit actual sin because of you. All of your children suffer because of their sins because of you. So you spend hundreds of years being Adam and Eve walking the earth with this great big guilt, this huge guilt of what I did. And now all of the human race will be infected by my fallen nature. And from the fallen nature will come actual sins and suffering from the sins and war and murder and theft and perversion and every other horrible thing. All because of me. And then the second part of it is, and I'm going to die. And I'm going to die. I'm responsible for all this and I'm going to die. And that's their life. That's their life. And then 800 years later, whatever, they die. They die. So for Adam and Eve, life after paradise becomes a purgatory. Just the whole, for centuries and centuries, it's a living purgatory. They've got to find their way to have, find their peace with it. And I, and I suppose they just reduce themselves to the most basic concerns. Let's find shelter. Let's get some clothing on ourselves. Let's feed ourselves and our children. Let's just, and then, you know, keep telling God we're sorry. And life gets reduced to this, this small little thing. It's still better than Cain and his offspring. Cain murders Abel, and now Cain's got to deal with, with that and all of that. But the thing is, is that's the way the whole human race lived until Jesus died and rose from the dead. The whole human race lived in sin knowing they would die with nothing to follow. So we as Christians are coming from a kind of pseudo-Christian country. We have a concept that after I die, I won't suffer. That after I die, the pantheists think we'll become one with the universe. Or after I die, maybe some residual Christians in society would say, well, I'll go to heaven, whatever that means. Or people, the atheists will say, well, after I die, I'll just be nothing. But what they all have in common is that nobody will suffer after they die. Nobody will suffer after they die. But here's the thing. Is that there's some concept that there's something after death. And that comes from Jesus. Because it's not revealed to the human race until Jesus rises from the dead. Then there's something after death. Something after death that isn't bad. 
So the Jews came to believe in and understood ultimately that Adam and Eve and, and Abraham and Isaac and Moses and David and, and all the rest were in Sheol or worse, hell. That there was a life after death that just wasn't heaven. No concept of it. Jesus came in and, and he starts talking about heaven. Well, that's not in the Old Testament. That's nowhere to be found. What is this heaven business? And Jesus is saying, I'm going away to my father. And they're like, well, where are you going? What, what's he, what are you talking about? We're going to the father. What? What? What's... They have no concept of heaven. It hasn't been revealed to them yet. But Jesus keeps talking about the hundredfold. Eye has not seen or ear has heard what awaits you in the coming kingdom. That no person can see God in his glory and live is too great. That, uh, what's another one? Use the word paradise. When he's dying on the cross, he says to the good thief, Today you'll be with me in paradise. Now, paradise was not a Hebrew word. It wasn't Hebrew, it wasn't Greek, it wasn't Latin. It was a Persian word. The Iranians came up with this word, paradise. And he uses it because it was the most best word in the human race to describe what awaits. Paradise. The beatific vision. If they said the beatific, today you'll be with me in the beatific vision, you're like, what? Huh? You know, just, you know, a couch would be fine. So what happens at the resurrection? What does it mean for us? Ultimately, it means that heaven is opened, but does it really? For the Christian, heaven gets opened when Jesus ascends into heaven. Remember that. That's 40 days from now. The heavens will open. Jesus will ascend with the angels up into heaven. Onlookers will see the heavens part of Jesus ascending and go away. And then they get it. He's in heaven. He's not the pantheist, you know, one with the universe. He's not the atheist, no more, risen but no more kind of thing. He's not kind of the Christian, well, he's, you know gone to Disneyland. It's, he's gone to paradise. And there he awaits us. But the resurrection doesn't mean that. The resurrection just means I live after I die. It's confirmed I live after I die. But it's not worth it to live after I die if I live as the living dead, if I live as a zombie. It's not worth it. Walk around just dead and, or, or live in Sheol or, or worse. It's not worth it to live after death if it's anything other than paradise, if it's anything other than heaven. An ascension will point the way to that. What the resurrection does is it says we will live after death. And the other thing it means is this, that you got a second chance. That's the big one. When I say, or when anyone says, I believe in the resurrection, They say, I believe in another chance. I blew it like Adam and Eve in the garden. I'm a sinner fallen with no power to save myself. But because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I have a second chance. I have a second chance at life and the best of lives. What the resurrection means It's not just that there's a life after death, but there's a new life in this world. 
for those who would enter into Christ, for those who would be baptized, for those who would be converted, for those who would unite themselves to Christ, that there would be a resurrection in the flesh, in this life. And a resurrection from what? And the answer is really simple. From vice and sin. I wish I could say there's a resurrection from suffering, but no, that's still there. Jesus died on the cross to show us that we'll all carry a cross. But in that cross, it's it's redeemed in Jesus. And the suffering begins to do great things because of the resurrection of Jesus and of the baptism and the entering into his mystical body as sons and daughters. I remember many years ago, there was this, um, I'm trying to remember his name, Jesse something. He was one of Martin Luther King's guys. Jesse is is a political guy. Forget his name. But anyway, he had gotten, and this is the Reverend Jesse Jackson, I think is his name. And he got busted during the Clinton-Monica Lewinsky affair. And about five months later, he got busted. He got, um, he had a mistress apparently and got her pregnant. You know, there's a big scandal because he was supposed to be holier than thou and all of this other stuff. And I remember him saying, I believe in the resurrection. I believe in the resurrection. I don't know what's happened to Jesse Jackson. I, I, I don't even know if I'm saying his name right, but it's Jesse something. But I love that statement. That was way before my conversion. I believe in the resurrection. Meaning he was saying, I've blown it and I know I've blown it. But I believe in Jesus to be able to fix things, to heal me and to heal this, to heal my marriage and to see to it that that baby isn't aborted and is brought into the world and I own that child and that there's a second chance for me and there's a second chance because of Jesus. Without him, there's no second chance. So this is what the resurrection of Jesus means, is that there's life after death. We don't know yet that it's heaven. We will know that when he ascends to the Father. But that we know that we've got a second chance in Jesus. A second chance. And this is something that if Adam and Eve only knew, if they'd only knew, they'd spent 800 and something years walking around in absolute guilt Absolute pain at seeing their children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren all sitting and living in suffering because of them. They didn't know there was a second chance. But there was and there is. I trust that Adam and Eve made it to heaven. I trust that in all honesty, they only ever committed one sin. They ate the forbidden fruit. And after that, they never sinned again. Never again. But that one sin meant the loss of eternity, the loss of life. But in Jesus Christ, Adam and Eve rise again. They rise again and now into paradise. The resurrection means I and you have a second chance. A second chance in Christ. Not a second chance to just keep sitting, but a second chance to be free of it to break free of it in Jesus and to unite ourselves with Jesus. I finish with this. After Jesus rose from the dead, he didn't just immediately ascend into heaven. He 
He spent 40 days and nights still appearing and disappearing to his disciples, to his followers, still showing them that he was accompanying them on the road to Emmaus, the breaking of the bread, appearing at the, at the cynical, in the, the upper room, uh, showing Thomas his side out on the Sea of Galilee, throw your net over the other side of the boat, nets are going to tear, bring him to shore. Peter, part from me, I'm a sinful man. He's going to remain with him until he ascended and then he sent the Holy Spirit. That they weren't just going to get a second chance in an orphan, that they were going to get a second chance to remain with him. And without him, there's really no chance of overcoming our sins and failures, our addictions and all those things in our lives, our vices. But in him, there is the second chance. In him, in Jesus, there's the accompaniment. Until finally, not after 800 and something years, but maybe after 80, we breathe our last. Breathe our last. Completely trusting. In Jesus' resurrection, to raise me and you from our own death to sin. Amen.